Hi, everybody. Welcome to the UEA Nursing Podcast. My name is Joe Ellis Gage, and today we have Steph, one of our students, who's come in. Hi, Steph. Hello. Thank you for coming in to speak to us. So, today we're going to talk about um, accessing the sort of different support services that the university offer yes. to support students throughout their program. So, before we go into what all that means and, and have a discussion about it, Give us a, a really brief introduction. Who, who are you? So my name is Steph um, and I am a second year adult nursing student. Fantastic. Brilliant. So yeah, just started into your second year. Yes. Very just excited. Just started this week. <laughs> Slightly overwhelmed. Yes. But yeah, getting there. back into it all after the summer is a little bit... <laughs> yeah. So you said you had a long holiday and suddenly have to get back into it. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. That initial getting back into routine, getting up in the morning and getting into the uni. <laughs> so we should give you shorter holidays. And then you haven't got to get back into it so much. Yeah. But Maybe that's the answer. <laughs> oh, it might not go down very well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so second year adult um nurse. So really good person to speak about this and you've asked you've sort of volunteered yourself to come and do it. Yeah. Because you've literally just gone through that first year and sometimes that first year at uni is the one that takes the most transition. It's the, the biggest one to deal with because of the change from living at home or studying at school to suddenly being at university, different pressures. Yes, definitely a big jump. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a big jump. So it's really good to have someone who's just experienced it to come and speak to us about it. So what we're going to discuss is is there's a whole host of different support services that are available at the university. We're not going to go into every single one. We're going to talk about your time over the last year yes. and what you've done, what services have supported you and how that's kind of kind of worked for you. Yes. Um, and clearly it's worked for you because you're still here at the start of year two. <laughs> yep, I um, made it through. <laughs> excellent, yeah. Um, so I guess let's start by saying you started just over a year ago. Yeah. Were you even aware of, the, of what support services were available at the time that you started? Not really. Like I knew a little bit about it. Like before I started, I did a little bit of like research into it because yep. I came in knowing I needed some support. I had a little look, but okay. I had no idea of the extent of how much there was yep. and what you can refer yourself to. So that was quite a good shock, really, like yeah. to know there's so much there. So you knew there was something. There was enough to give you a bit of confidence that when you started, you, you knew you'd have some help. But you didn't really know too much about it. No. Yet. Okay. And you said you, you know, you knew that you wouldn't potentially need some. Why was that? Um, so back when I was probably about sixteen, when I first went to college after school, I um, got diagnosed with anxiety and things. <laughs> um, so throughout my life, I'm now twenty five. Um, I sort of knew that okay, I might need some support in that. Yeah. And before I came to the university, I actually did an access to higher education course. <laughs> Um, and I had an exam needs assessment and everything to do with that, and they got me some support, and they said, when you go to university, mention it, because they can take across your exam needs and everything. Um, so that was my main sort of reason that I wanted to, like, speak to somebody. Yeah. Um, mainly, the first of all, was to just get my exam needs set and ready yeah. and my assessment needs, but um, from there, it actually branched onto a lot more that I could access. Yeah, yeah, so your initial concerns were... I've got to have assignments and assessments and examinations and I want to make sure I've got all the systems in place that I get what I'm allowed to have yeah. considered for it. Yeah, absolutely. But actually on reflection, probably there's lots more broader support you didn't even know you needed at that point when exactly. you started. Exactly, yeah. I didn't know what the transition to university was going to be like and everything, changing from college over to that. And I've, I've been working full-time before as well, so that was another big transition in my life from working, going into studying again. So yeah. that was all quite a lot happening at once. <laughs> yeah, and you know, for, for everybody, 
and people get bored of me saying it, and I keep saying it, this is a really hard course. Yes. Like, it, you, it, not unachievable, but there's a lot of pressure on you. you yeah. You've got there's assignments. A lot, of, a lot of taught learning, a lot of being in class, and a lot of, obviously, on placement as well, doing your full-time hours or on placement. It is a yeah. lot. Yeah, so then you've got the professional registration to worry about <laughs> and the degree, and it's all kind of all in one, but it's a big deal to take on. Absolutely. So if you add in a few extra challenges that you may have over someone else, yeah. you need that support. Definitely. Otherwise, it can become quite overwhelming. Yeah. So... so Tell me, tell me, kind of your your story of how you started. So you knew the systems were in place, but you didn't really know what they were. You came and started just over a year ago. Yeah. Um, what happened next? Um, so one of the first things that happened was uh, my advisor sort of emailed me and the other advisees and said, "Let's have a meeting. Let's get to know you a little bit." So when I met my advisor for the first time, I kind of mentioned, you know, that I'd had this put yeah. in place, but um, that I had diagnoses of mental health conditions, and they picked up on possible dyspraxia and things like that as well. Okay. Um, and she sort of said, "Well, have you thought about going to like the well-being and things? Have you do you know what that is?" And I said, "No." Yeah. <laughs> um, so she kind of explained, "Well, they do like um, talking therapies and everything." um they have like disability support um so i kind of had that in the back of my mind and also at the beginning of the year the um uni actually did a lecture for us all they got the well-being teams in yeah. the learning enhancement teams and they came and spoke to us a whole as a whole cohort and said these are available to you you just need to ask yeah um and i think that's the biggest challenge is asking um because at first everyone's like oh, i can do this i'll be fine but then you start thinking well actually am i okay yeah do I think I need some support? And that was the biggest anxiety about it was kind of saying, I think I need the help. Yeah, and that's a bit of a realisation for a lot of students because I think that we, we get the wellbeing team into that first first week or two at uni, they come and do a talk, and I'd say probably 80% of the group sat there going, oh, this is great for the people that need it. Yeah. That's not me. Yeah, but you kind of think, oh, I don't need that, I'll be fine. Yeah. But actually, <laughs> actually, it, and you might not need it there and then. No. But in six months' time or a year's time, yeah, you, you may need it. Some people, when the first assignments coming up, if you start start placement and some placement, if you're getting overwhelmed by it, or the examinations are coming up, the assignments, it, anything really can sort of be that honing moment. And like, well, actually, I think I'd benefit from talking to somebody. Yeah, uh, I've never had anyone who's become worse through talking to somebody about it. So, no. so yeah, that's always a good way of looking at it. So, so when did you first make contact with with the wellbeing team? Probably about two months in. Yeah. Um, when like the first assignments started sort of propping up, and then they were talking about going out on placement after Christmas, and I was like, well, actually, I think I would benefit from just having a chat with somebody mm -hmm. about how I'm feeling. Um, so I took that big step and put that self referral in. Yeah. Um, and they were very quick to get back to me and said, we've got you an appointment um, with somebody for a um, single session talking therapy. Um, so that was really good to know that you can access it so quickly. I didn't expect that fast a turnaround. Yeah. How quickly do, you, do they reply and how quickly are you in? Um, I literally got an email the next day saying we've got your appointment in the next week. Brilliant. So that was really good to know that I wasn't having to sit on this issue for ages and ages waiting to speak to somebody that I could just get it off my chest. Yeah. Um, and that was really good. I just sort of explained, you know, I've got assignments coming up and placements coming up and it's all just getting a little bit much. I'd moved out of home, so I was living on UE um accommodation yeah. so that was like i'm living away from home it's all very daunting um and we just sort of spoke through that and had a chat and they said well there's things we can put in place okay um 
So they wrote to my advisor and said, this is what we've spoken about because she asked if she was happy for me to discuss that with her. I said, yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So they had a chat with that and put some recommendations in. So we then made the decision to draft me up a reasonable adjustments plan. Okay. Um, and that just came from that one appointment, which was amazing, um, which meant that academically and on placement, everybody was on the same page mm -hmm. about me and what I needed from them yeah. in order to succeed. Yeah, which kind of just meant you got a bit of consistency. Absolutely. And you didn't have to keep starting the conversation up again about what support you need because you had that plan. Yeah, you just have that there. one document and you just send it to them and say, here you go, have a read. And what sort of stuff did it, did it say? Um, so it said that I was entitled to have rest breaks if I needed them both in theory and in practice. Mm -hmm. So things were just getting a bit overwhelming. I just needed to take five minutes. They sort of knew that I would just take, they'll take myself off, mm -hmm. have a quiet moment and come back. Um, they sorted out exam adjustments for me. So I've got extra time in assignments and exams. Um, I also get extra time to complete and hand in assignments if I need them. Yeah. If things are getting a bit overwhelming with deadlines, I can just ask for an extra week or so just to get me through it. Um, and yeah, so there's okay. other things they can add on throughout the year if you think you need them as well. So I found that at one point I was like, well, actually, I think I might benefit from like shorter shifts, but more days. And for that, they sort of sent me to occupational health, which again, isn't something to be scared of. No. Um, it's to help you. And from that, they then said, we can get you things like the shorter shifts. Okay. And things. Let's come back and talk about occupational health in a minute. Cause I think that's an important one to mm -hmm. consider. And I don't want to forget about it. But I was going to say, you, so you had your first appointment, your kind of one-off one really quickly after you requested it. Yes. Did you then say, right, I need regular appointments? Did you, or did they say here we are we're here if you need you and you can come back when you need to like what was the next step and did you see them again i did see them again so they said they offer them as like single sessions so that everybody's got the ability to access them quickly mm -hmm. so they said just tell us if you need another one um and we can get you in from like two or three weeks after the initial one yeah um and as the year went on i had my ups i had my downs and when i had my downs they said okay I think you'd benefit from seeing somebody one-to-one -one more okay. frequently. So they put me with like a named advisor because um, that was when I was feeling pretty pretty rubbish in myself, to be okay. honest. Um, and they thought I'd benefit from having that sort of like in contact and that was more higher need really. So they she would email me and ask me how I'm doing and she would report back to my advisor how I was doing um, if I wanted her to as well. And that was a bit more structured, which what I needed at the time. Yeah. But then when I was starting to sort of recover from that blip, we went back to just having it as and when I needed. So they kind of tailored it to what I needed because generically they do advertise it, you know, it is one-offs, but you can request more. Yeah. But if they do think you need more and you think you need more, they then, can facilitate it. Absolutely. So they try and do the one-off thing. So that way they've got more capacity to see everybody exactly. for that one-off, do that assessment and see what people's needs are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there was times where I would just be having one-off and then I just say in a week or two's time, actually, yeah, I think I benefit from another and then they just put me through again. So that yeah. was really flexible. Okay. And so you've mentioned your advisor quite a lot. They've kind of contacted your advisor and you, you did. Did you find... You had the support from them that you needed? Yeah, definitely. We could have like teens meetings or I could come in and speak to her and we'd have a chat and sort of say, how are things? What can we do for you? Um, it was good for assignments if I needed extensions, then if I needed longer than a week, um, yeah. obviously you present evidence. But if you've spoken to somebody from the wellbeing or advisor and said, I am struggling, I need longer, 
they can help sort of facilitate that and evidence that you've sought support. Okay. Um, so that if you need longer, like they know why, because obviously yeah. the deadlines are there for a reason. But if you are genuinely having a hard time, they can make sure that you get an equal opportunity to yeah, get things in. Yeah, and if you've been in. regularly checking in with an advisor and the wellbeing team and clearly have been struggling, that yeah. supports your evidence to request a... Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that means that you still get your fair chance. But then you're... Because you're also sort of saying, well, I don't want to feel rubbish. I want to feel better and I want to get through the course. So mm. it's a good way of also showing your commitment. Because that was my biggest fear was having mental health difficulties, being like, are they going to say, you know, have, a, have problems with having a break in studies or anything? But at no point it was like they never said you won't be able to do the course or anything. It was very much empowering me. Okay. Well, that's good. you can do it. <laughs> well, that's that was going to be my next question was, well, at any point, either prior to you making that self-referral or once you were in the system, did you feel apprehensive about it? Were you worried because you're on a professional registration kind of course that it would impact on that? Yeah, definitely. Like it was quite a big fear um, because I have support from the university and through the NHS. And I was thinking, oh, gosh, what is it going to be like saying I'm a student nurse struggling? Yeah. <laughs> um, but they, at all times they were just saying, you know, we're here to support you. We want you to get through the course. We want you to become a registered nurse. Um, and it was very much like a trying to pick me up when yeah. I was feeling down. And that was really, really amazing of them just to keep like pushing me gently to say you can do it and yeah. having somebody there just to validate the fact that you know they believe in you can be quite a significant factor in helping you yeah yeah and the, the whole point of that service and across and not just even the well-being service that the advisor system all of us in the university is to support you to complete what you started yeah, not to absolutely. put a barrier there to say you've ticked too many boxes, we're not going to help you now. Exactly. Or you, you can't do this course. It's what can we do to help you through? And every now and again, there are students that, that and, and need to take a break and they say, well, I'm not in a position to do this now and the wellbeing team might have that conversation with them. Yeah. But in general, that's a, a last resort. And yeah, that a, is very much a last resort. Like I say, I needed quite high need support um, and they were still happy for me to keep going because yeah. they could see that I was trying to like make the effort. You were engaging to, with them. Yeah, because yeah. I said, I want to be better. I want to become a nurse. And just having somebody to speak to is probably the biggest thing that can help me right now. Um, and it was. So mm. Good. So you mentioned earlier on that you also had um, adjustments made in terms of like for your assessments and for some of your theory stuff. And you talked about um possible dyspraxia and, and that kind of thing yeah so i'm assuming that as well as seeing the well-being team you had some contact with our spld team who yeah. sort of deal with um additional learning needs yeah so yeah. i had a chat with them um because i'd already been assessed at college i was quite like plain sailing mm -hmm. i said here's my assessment from college they said i can have 20 percent five percent extra time um, a reader pen if I want it, etc. rest breaks. And they said, that's fine. We'll stick it on there. Um, so if you've already got an assessment, yeah. like it's really quick. But if you haven't, they said, well, we can sort of assess you for extra. And they did offer me, they said, if you want an extra screening to see if there's anything else we can put in place for you, that is something we can do. Um, and I chose to decline because I was happy with everything I had. But if, you've, if you're not sure if you need support, it's absolutely worth going to them because they can go through everything. It's not to trick you out. Yeah. It's to see what you need to make sure you've got an equal opportunity in your assignments and your exams. Yeah. And and it's that equal opportunity is a really good way of explaining it because 
you people all people have different levels of, of challenge but they're all capable of doing the work in the end they just need a different adjustment in between so whether yeah. that's slightly longer in an exam because they have difficulty in in reading and, and processing the information or whatever it might be just those adjustments that yeah. mean right it's effectively a level playing field and everyone has the opportunity to pass if they can yeah because like all the exams so far for me have been online yep. but they did say i was entitled to a quiet room so if i ever had to come in for a face-to-face it means i haven't got to worry about that like, the pens clicking and everything because that'd be quite a big trigger for me is hearing everybody else in the room finishing and worrying about when you're being done um so although it is online they did mm. say well we can offer you a quiet room if, if you ever have to, if yeah. you have to come in for a face-to-face and how did you get into that system to be seen um so that was quite easy they i um when you apply to university, they have forms and things. So you can do it before you come to the university or once you've started. Mm-hmm. It's just an online form. You just say, I'd like to be assessed. They ask you a little bit about where you think you might have difficulties, if you've ever had any diagnosis, because you don't have to have any diagnosis yeah. uh, to get the support, which I think is the best thing about it. So if you think, oh, well, I might be dyslexic, I struggle with reading, but you haven't been told that, you don't have to like worry about having that to get the support they'll screen it for you yeah and that's really important because a, a lot of things that people i mean we get a huge amount of students who start don't realize they've got any additional needs and then suddenly we find we, we start conversations about dyslexia or autism or um adhd or whatever it might be but actually sometimes the process to actually get diagnosed with anything is not quick no absolutely but that doesn't hinder you because they no. you, they say look we, we, we'll do a screening we see that you've got an indicator of that yeah and we can then put the adjustments in yeah so you don't have to worry about going through that long old process of getting a diagnosis by which point your course is finished (laughs) exactly (laughs) with the wait list at the moment um but yeah so that was really beneficial for me because they found the traits of dyspraxia obviously trying to get a diagnosis is quite long so knowing that i've got that support and also it's quite helpful for if i wanted to pursue a diagnosis i can Mm. take that somewhere and be like well the university have picked this up yeah so yes that's quite supportive and and just for clarity, for people who are considering that, they can literally just Google UEA SPLD and it's yep. got a self-referral form on there that they can put themselves in or they can go to their advisor who will direct them to the same part and or put in the referral with them or however they need it. Yeah, and there's disability advisors as well. So if you're not sure and just want to talk to somebody, like I've spoken to the disability advisor, um, and they're lovely. And it's just it just helps you like feel less overwhelmed and less anxious about accessing the support because they are there to help. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, another system you sort of mentioned is occupational health. Yes. So we we all students have some contact with occupational health in terms of immunisation assessments and all that kind of stuff when they start, but other students sometimes need an additional um, appointment with them. Tell us about yours. Um, so I was very nervous when my advisor said, I'm going to refer you to occupational health. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? Um, but there was no need to be worried. They were lovely. Uh, they just spoke to me about my diagnoses, about any medications I was on, how they affect me and what I think I might benefit from as well. So they wanted to hear what I thought. Um, and then they proposed some ideas to me. So they said, um, well, what we'll do is we'll maybe indicate that you don't work more than two days in a row. Um, because 12 and a half hour shifts are long yeah um and when you've got a disability or a mental health condition etc it can be very taxing so they said well we'll put that in place um and they said i can have my rest breaks Mm -hmm. so if i need to take five minutes out i can just say to my my assessor whoever i'm with i'm just going to take five minutes and they know that is due to a 
yeah. health condition. It's not that I'm just wanting to like stop. It's um, yeah. And it's all protected as well under the Equality Act, um, which means that you can take that occupational health assessment, take it to your placement alongside your reasonable adjustments because that usually gets reflected onto there as well. Yeah. And it means that you can get what you require. Yeah, and it kind of gives you that, just that little bit of security that you haven't got to go and argue a case to get whatever you're entitled to. Exactly. It's written down, it's been advised by occupational health. Therefore, that's that. And you haven't got to have that conversation over and over again with new assessors or new supervisors about why. Yeah, exactly. I've had two assessments. Um, and my, the second one was mainly just to update it. But then if circumstances change, uh, for me, for example, I had a change in medication that affected my sleep. Okay. So I went back to them and they said, okay, we'll interim take you off night shifts just whilst I'm adjusting and we'll look at it again. So it was nothing to be scared of. Um if you yeah. have a health change, because they're not there to stop you or catch you out. It is just making sure that you get in the adjustments that you deserve. Yeah, again, it's a supportive process and a sort of safety check for you as well, just to make sure that you are well, you've got everything in place that you need to have. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess that leads to, to, the, to another question that kind of pulls a lot of what you've said about together is some people know, won't know what a reasonable adjustments pack is and how you make one or what it includes. Um, so tell us about, about yours. So they break it down into things about um, anything from mobility to if you've got any specific learning difficulties such as dyslexia and dyspraxia, mental health conditions, and they have an area sort of more based around the academic side yep. and more around the placement side. So my academic area just says I need breast breaks and things like that, whereas I'm out in placement, it says no more than two days in a row, rest breaks, uh, currently no night shifts um to be reviewed um but if you have got something like a mobility problem they can issue things like having a personal evacuation plan yeah um if you struggle with stairs and things kind of like making sure that you get access to buildings that have got lifts and things like that so it's it's available to anybody um if yeah. you have something that you think would benefit from a little bit of support um, so even if you just think, oh, I've got just dyslexia, if it's just dyslexia, you can still ask for one. Yeah. And it's amazing how much they can actually put on there to support you. Yeah. And students should stop saying just before whatever their condition or problem might be. Because yeah, exactly. Because they're underselling it. Actually, if it, if it might impact on you, then we should consider it. Yeah, for me, it's, oh, it's just anxiety. But actually, it does impact me in my life. And I don't, like it's a thing I have yep. and I accept it. And having that, means that i don't have to go around and keep telling people that i can just show them it and they will read it and my sometimes my placement have said oh i've got a question about it can we speak to you but it's more just about making sure they facilitate yeah what i need like i've never had a problem with the placements when they've read my plan they've just come back to me and said we've got a question or we don't have any questions do you have any questions for us is there anything we need to know yeah yeah and it's 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 about making that placement work for you in, in terms of it. And, and sometimes they might have queries because it might say something on the plan and they might say, well, we can't do exactly that. What about this? And they'll have yeah. a conversation with you about it. If it's something like a shift pattern request, for instance, but you're working somewhere that's only open on certain days of the week. Yeah. Then they might say, well, we can't do every other day because we don't open on Wednesdays in this surgery or this whatever. However, we could do this. So yeah. it sometimes needs a bit of consideration. And you write it, you go through it with your advisor, they can kind of check bits of it with you and discuss it and make sure that it's got everything on there that you need. And it's quite a long form because it's got lots of different sections and lots of them you'll find most students will have lots of boxes that just say not applicable yes. and then they'll fill out the bits that are relevant. Yeah. And then it has a summary page at the end. 
Yeah. So you can, um, when you share it with placement, share the summary page that doesn't necessarily give too much information, but gives the clarity of what's needed. Yeah, and your advisor should sit with you like-minded and go through it with yes. you because then you've both got a copy so that then the lecturers can also access it as well, I was told. So then yeah. if then... Like maybe I do need to take some breaks from the lecture. They can see that I've got a reasonable adjustments plan in place. Yeah, and it's stored securely and it's only accessed if it's necessary. Yeah. But it is, it is there. Um, and yeah, and the summary page, you know, if you've got extensive medical history, you might not want to share all of it with your supervisor and assessor on placement, but you might need them to know that the adjustments that need to be made so we just put that on these on that yeah, page. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. for example, mine just states mental health conditions on my summary, like so they don't have to go into the ins and outs of what's going on with me. Like I'm pretty open about it. Yeah. But not everybody wants to be. No, and that's so. fine. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's good that it's, it's in a way that it's supportive to the student rather than just a list of, of problems or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. And it's the student's responsibility to share it with placement. So that's an important thing to remember: is that when you start a placement and you do that thing a little while before and you contact them and say I'm coming to you in a couple of weeks time can I have my shift is at that point you should be sharing your reasonable adjustments plan and saying I've got a reasonable adjustments plan can that be um, can, yeah, I, can I share that with you let them know as soon as you start making contact with your placement yeah. that makes it so much more easier I found yeah, yeah. Um, so then they can make sure your shifts yeah. are correct and everything yeah don't assume that they know about it we won't have we you know as, as you know because of confidentiality and it's your plan it's not our plan it we won't share it without you Doing so. Yeah, because so, you have got the right not to share it. Yeah. But then if you don't share it, you don't get your You don't get the benefits of it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've given us a really good summary of what you knew at the start, your support through your advisor, accessing the wellbeing team for a one-off appointment and then some more targeted support later on, referral um to the SBLD team, occupational health, and all that um how that kind of all gets put together into a reasonable adjustments plan. Um, how would you say that all of these things have, have helped over the, the last year? Um, it's meant that I've been able to sort of really make my first year the best it can be because it wasn't easy. Mm. I didn't find it easy. But having knowing there was somebody there to like say, I need help or just having someone to talk to or even just emailing my advisor saying, can we just have a chat? I, it meant that I had that built up support and it meant that I felt like I wasn't alone. Yeah in my struggles um and it was really like i say it was really really good to hear people say you can do this and I if i had had that i think i probably wouldn't have made it through yeah so yeah that sort of supportive sort of reassuring voice for you yeah and just, you've done you've done year one yep if you've done that you can do year two and it goes on from there i suppose and it's important to remember that your support doesn't have to start at the start of your course it doesn't no. have to end at a certain point. It's as and when you're you need it. So some students might be watching this, and they might already be in year two, and then start feeling like they need support, or they might have got just be in year one, need support in the first six months, and then be able to step back and say, "I've got, I've got I'm, I'm all right at the moment. I don't need an additional help." Yeah, that's it exactly what, it is. what I went through. There'd be times where I just made like no contact with anybody, and I was fine. I was just getting on. Then there'd be times where I'm like, "Ah, I need some help," um, but it was always when I said I needed it, they were there. Yeah. So. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I think that's kind of given us a really good overview of, of some of the struggles. I think um, it gives us a really good in-depth kind of understanding of the different areas of support there is out there. If in doubt, students should go to their advisors. 
because yeah. their advisors can't fix all their problems, but they're really good at signposting to the right level area of support that there is. Absolutely. Um, so any doubts, advisor is your first port of call and they can say, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Would you like a referral to this um, to put that in place? Um, and everyone's experience will be different, but I think hopefully it's been reassuring for people that have watched this to know there's lots of support out there regardless of what your, your your need is. And we haven't even gone into some of the support services that are out there. There's financial support that you can go sorts, to. Yeah. There's the learning enhancement team that can really help focus on academic support. There's lots more out there. Um, but they know that there's, there's support out there. But also, they know that this course is, is achievable and open to, to, to everyone who started it, regardless of those challenges that come up. Absolutely. It, so I think when, you, when you're the person that's accessing the services... You sometimes think you're the only person accessing the services on your program yeah. and you won't be. Um, so great. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Um, hopefully you have found this uh, episode interesting, found it useful. If you have, um, please click like. Um, you can subscribe so you get alerts when there are new videos. And if you've got questions for us, put them in the comments box underneath and explore all the other videos and direct people to it. If you feel so, someone who might benefit from watching this video, then, then share it with them. Um, and we will see you soon for another episode. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you.